0: Don't forget if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a 1-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only podcast. Yes, I'm your host Ben Standig. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. It's Thursday evening here in the DMV and we've got some breaking coaching news not involving the Commanders directly, but some other jobs have been filled. We'll discuss that and what it means for Washington. And we'll discuss a bunch more with my two guests today. Um, my uh, friend who covers the Dallas Cowboys for the Athletic, John Machota, joined me to discuss the fact that, like, wait, are the Commanders, uh, are they, do they have the most optimistic, hopeful situation in the NFC right now, considering what happened to the Cowboys and Eagles in the postseason? We discussed Mike McCarthy. Why did Dallas keep him? What do we think of Dan Quinn? Should he become, um, you know, a uh, even a more serious candidate for Washington than perhaps he already is right now? And uh, a bunch more about kind of where Washington is going, uh, get the perception of somebody who's obviously uh, been in, covered the division for some time. We also talk Ben Johnson, Machoda is from Detroit, so he's got some thoughts on Ben Johnson. Then... Our guy Joe House from The Ringer, joins me. Talk also about the Commander's head coach opening. Uh, Joe asked some questions that I think sort of he was like the fan avatar today. We also got into some NFL playoffs, some picks there. And, yeah, talked a little bit about the Wizards who today essentially fired head coach Wes Untell Jr. And uh, so we got to that and more. We'll get to both of those interviews here on the Standard Groom Only podcast of course, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you do your podcasting. Hit that subscribe button. I would, I would recommend because w- there could be podcasts flying uh, around at any point here, depending on when a coaching announcement happens. Obviously, nothing can be announced until uh, the NFC. Oh, sorry, the uh, championship games. This weekend on Monday, Washington is expected to meet with Ben Johnson, Lions OC, in Detroit. Uh, but we will see what that means. It's certainly things are heading in that direction if they weren't already, and that's in part because two more openings were filled today. The Carolina Panthers are going to hire Bucks OC Dave Canales. I've mentioned him several times here over the over the last few weeks. Uh, I've been impressed with what he's been able to do with Baker Mayfield and Geno Smith before that. He's now going to be the head coach in Carolina. And then the one I think that's even more pertinent to Washington, Atlanta, is going to hire Raheem Morris, Rams defensive coach, former Washington assistant many years ago. Raheem Morris was in the mix here. Um, I was intrigued by his uh, candidacy, but he is going to Atlanta, which means, among other things, no Bill Belichick to the Falcons, and Ben Johnson. It's one less team for him to uh, to consider, and now that leaves only two jobs: are the Commanders and the Seahawks. The Seahawks have met with Ben Johnson, but no necessarily sense that any uh, th- th- that he's th- that anything is going on there. Dan Quinn, the Cowboys' DC, is in Seattle today. He is also expected to meet with Washington on Monday. So the Commanders, um, if they really want Ben Johnson, I, unless Seattle comes in with some, you know, crazy uh, scenario here that seems unlikely, I guess, then the Ben Johnson situation looks more and more promising for Washington. I've been saying I've been unwilling to go like a hundred percent lock because as, as long as Ben Johnson keeps taking interviews. He's opened the door for somebody to blow him away. But, again, there's only two jobs left. So unless something crazy happens here in the next few days and Washington still wants him, it would seem more than likely that Ben Johnson would be the next head coach. Um, Mike Vrabel is still out there. I don't, unless he's in the mix for Seattle, he has not been interviewed by Washington as far as we know. So I would rule that out. And, you know, again, there's Dan Quinn, there's Bobby Slowick, there's the two guys from the Ravens, Mike McDonald and Anthony Weaver. There's Aaron Glenn, the DC with the Lions. But at this point, it would seem to be hard to imagine it's not going to be Ben Johnson unless there's just something that we don't know about. Uh, Joe House and I got into this a bit. He had a specific question about this aspect, uh, so for sure. And obviously, both the conversations I had, Took place before uh, these announcements occurred, these coaching and um, you know hires have occurred. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to those conversations. So we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, I will be at the Senior Bowl next week, so not positive how the schedule will go in terms of my my uh, uploading podcasts. I will try to sneak in some thoughts about the the Senior Bowl, what's going on down there. As well, it's not, you know, uh, the, the the quarterbacks that Washington might be picking at two, they won't be there, but Bo Nix from Oregon will be there, M- Michael Penix Jr. from Washington will be there, and you know, look, if they, somehow the Commanders traded out of number two, those, those guys could be in play, so something to keep in mind, there will be a bunch of other prospects that we will uh, be talking about, if not next week, over the coming weeks. For sure. So, a lot going on, needless to say. Uh, one quick thing on the Wizards. I mentioned they fired their coach today. I sent, it, technically, he was demoted within the company, but, you know, basically Wes Untell Jr. no longer the coach. That news came at 8 in the morning. A few hours later, uh, came a uh, Ted Leontis put out a letter, an explainer, uh, detailing why. He wants to move the arenas from from the Wizards in the Cap from Cap 1, to a new arena yet to be built in Potomac Yards. Uh, the, the move to Virginia is not finalized yet, but he laid out today why he thinks it should happen. Um, I'd encourage you to read read the letter. I would just say, first of all, that I've had some people tell me they think it's just coincidence that these two things happened at the same time. The firing and Le- Leontis' announcement— um, impossible. There's no way an organization decided that they didn't independently. They're just going to announce this coaching change on the same day that Leontis is releasing a very long letter about his intentions and why he's doing certain things. The goal here clearly is to hide the firing, which is a, a hire that Ted Leontis ultimately made. And that hasn't gone nowhere for the past two and a half years the Wizards have seven wins. The, you know, and it's not so much that they're bad. They just don't show signs, much signs of improvement. And they've been non-competitive far more than they have been. So something needed to give. They finally made that move. But this was to hide that announcement, to to avoid, even if it was to hide the fact that nobody seems to care about the announcement. Whatever it was, this that was definitely the case. Beyond that, go read the letter. Let me know what you think. Uh, at Ben Standig, or you can email me uh, bstandig@theathletic.com. You can always email me there for any topic. Uh, I don't want to waste too much more time on Ted Joe House, and I will talk about the coaching change, uh, and and uh, and that's about it on that. All right, uh, I got a couple of good interviews here. I want you to pack a lunch. We've got a lot to dive into. Let's do that right now. We'll start with John Machota, Cowboys Insider, then Joe House from The Ringer here on the standard room only podcast. All right. A lot of action happening in the NFC East beyond Washington. And, uh, you know, who better to discuss what's going on in the division than our Cowboys insider, John Machota, who, uh, you know, he thinks he's going into going into the playoffs. Possibly <laughs> going to be a, a, a good ride. Going to be going to be working for a little bit. Uh, and, you know, a lot of stability going on. And then all of a sudden, Dallas going to Dallas and, uh, Get smoked in the first round, and now that this weird uh, off season of, of what the hell, uh, how, how, what, what's going on over there?
2: <laughs> I will say uh, it is it is entertaining to see on social media and even some of these national shows just with some of the lazy takes of just yeah, everyone knew this was going to happen. This is what the Cowboys do. Okay, lose to the Packers, first round wild card, whatever. Yeah, no, that would be typical Cowboys to get completely blown out the way that they did. Mm, I don't know that anybody really saw that coming. I And and the reason why I say that is just how well this team had been playing at home, winning their last 16 in a row, the way everything fell to them to get the two seed, uh, really not by a lot of their own doing more. So Philadelphia's collapse, Not nobody, nobody thought that they would get destroyed like that, be down 27 to nothing late in the first half, uh, be down 32 early in the fourth. I mean, Uh, And, and honestly, Green Bay took their foot off the gas. They probably could have put 60 on them. So this is, this was a really good Cowboys team talent wise. Um, And they were were relatively healthy going into that game. I mean, that was the offense that they ran out in training camp. I mean, they, they were pretty, they were set up to to make a deep run. And so if you are one of those people that believe, I don't worry about how good the Cowboys are doing. They're just going to choke no matter what. Obviously this is another feather in your cap because, uh, you can make the argument that's that's the worst playoff loss in Cowboys history, uh, just by everything how everything was set up, how well they had been playing at home. Um, the you know and really the the competition in the NFC. There's really no excuse for them not to be playing the Niners this week in San Francisco.
1: You know, um, to your point of like it's always what they do. It's been an annual Twitter joke of mine at least once or twice a year where where Dallas loses the, the game in in somewhat surprising fashion and uh i'll tweet out all right well i guess all those cowboy fans gotta start looking up lakers duke and uh yankee schedules um and i know you're a duke guy so i don't i'm not trying to uh knock on you
2: but like you know i mean like, like, like that's it, the only it, team I, I, that group you said i'm a fan of i'm not a fan <laughs> of any of the others let's make this really clear yeah. i cover the dallas cowboys no, yeah I'm you're not, not you're fan not of the dallas cowboys yeah i just you
1: know <laughs> I, yeah, Duke, Duke is, a, is a separate thing, but uh, yeah, it's 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 just wild. But you're right to the point of them losing that badly um, at home, and not that Jordan Love hasn't looked good, but obviously it was his first real big game, and he just carved them up, and um, yeah, it, it was quite it was quite stunning. So so to that end, like right now, obviously Washington's in the middle of a coaching search, one we knew was going to be coming, and I think a lot of people at with that loss were like, all right. Here we go, Jerry's going to have to make a move. Yeah, they won 12 games in a, ro- a row, three years in a row, but or 12 games, three years in a row, but this isn't getting over the hump. What an embarrassing loss, da 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 And yet Mike McCarthy is staying. I guess how surprised were you at that, and do you think it was the right move?
2: You know, it's, it's tough because on the surface, you can easily say you're surprised because you're just kind of like, well, how do you expect next year to be any different? I mean, now is the time to make a move and, and, and make a change, especially considering that you have guys like Bill Belichick out there or Jim Harbaugh. Um, so. And then how frustrated Jerry was right after the game, you, you would and, and deservedly. So you thought that, yeah, there's a good chance something changes, but then as the days go by and the more you think about it, you're like, nah, it shouldn't be a surprise because that would be somewhat, that would be uncomfortable for Jerry to have to go in another direction. And, Jerry hasn't really been the 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 guy that his reputation is for when he first bought the team and really for the first maybe 10, 20 years he owned the team as this, you know, wildcat or risk taker. Like he really hasn't been a risk taker. He hasn't been for over a decade. I mean, they haven't made a significant like trade up in the draft since 2012 when they traded up to get Morris Claiborne. They haven't made a significant free agency signing from another team since 2012 when they signed Brandon Carr for five years, 50 million. Like they've been pretty, you know. By the book like draft and develop pay your own guys they haven't really made a lot i mean that in this time i'm talking about their two head coaches have been jason garrett and then mike mccarthy it's not like it's been these like wild big swings and and, and when i say jason garrett of course that was his first time as a head coach but he also got nine and a half seasons you know I, there's a lot of other organizations or just the dallas cowboys if you're talking about jerry jones in the early 90s he's not giving jason garrett nine full seasons as a head coach Jerry Jones in the 90s is not going into year five with Mike McCarthy. He would have moved on. But but so because of the way that Jerry likes the continuity of the way everything is, it shouldn't be a surprise. But, yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised because here's the thing for me. I, I, I've told a lot of people this because I'm just being honest. This is the way I felt. I was so stunned watching that game in just the fashion that they lost that when I woke up the next morning, you know, people say, like, you know, you don't want to make any rash decisions right after the game. You know, you need to sleep on it. I honestly have thought it's been worse since the game's ended, to be honest with you, because that's when you start factoring in 16 wins in a row at home, the best team at home in the last two seasons, 12 wins in each of your last three seasons. Like, that's not something everybody's doing in this league. The schedules are set up so that you won't have that many wins year after year. So this idea that, like, all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, just typical Cowboys, they're overrated. No, 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 no. This isn't the college football playoff where, like, popular teams get in you have to win games to get in there and it's a league of parity like nobody just is like oh well we're going to give you like a really eagle, e- easy non conference schedule no Great. you have to play everybody over 3 years for you to win 12 games there's none of this like ah they just they just gave that to the cowboys because they're the cowboys <laughs> no you have to be really good to do that and so with all of that factored in i i i was a little surprised that that they went with mccarthy for another year um but if they were never going to make Belichick, the head coach, that was the one that I thought would make the most sense, um, for several reasons. Um, I just, if they weren't going to go that, then, then I understand why they kept McCarthy for another year, because then it's just kind of one of those things where, uh, if it doesn't work out, then you go into next season and you make that change then. But, uh, I think he liked Jerry Jones likes that Mike McCarthy having this pressure on him to be like kind of coaching for his job. I feel like, and then think because Jerry thinks you're gonna, he's going to get the best out of everybody when you're in these pressure pressure situations. It worked out for Jason Garrett, and when his first contract was up, he ended they ended up having a lot of success in 2014. He got a new deal, and everything was great. It didn't work the second time, Um, and it might not work here. I mean, because my big thing is. I don't know that you just get over that green Bay loss. Like it was just like eh, another season ending loss. Like it was so catastrophic that I could see that having a ripple effect to where it impacts this team this year and maybe mid season, you're going for another coach, but uh, I've been too long winded. So I'll just, I'll just wrap my answer up with this. <laughs> a fascinating thing about it to me is. So I started covering the Cowboys in 2011. i felt throughout most of the time, you kind of knew who the next guy could be during a large chunk of that it 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 had been Sean Payton obviously and then even over these last few years you know you got the feeling here that hey they move on from Mike they're going to give it they're going to they're just going to go to Dan Quinn kind of keep that thing rolling right and now it looks like Dan Quinn'll get another job and then also obviously the way the defense played <laughs> against green bay i don't know that you know his stock is as high as it had been either and not just Green Bay, the way they played along the backstretch of the season against good teams. There's just a part of me that's just like, man, no one really knows for sure if it doesn't work out with McCarthy next year who that next guy is in Dallas.
1: Well, you mentioned Quinn, and, and, and that was part of the reason I wanted to talk to you. He's in the mix for several jobs, including Washington's. He's uh, expected to be interviewed in person this week for his second interview here. And, you know, it is one of those things where, on the one hand, you can't let one game completely alter – perception in either direction frankly but obviously that was a pretty terrible defensive showing for Dallas and it would be I think hard for some of these fan bases like this one to tell your fan base hey we're just hired not only is it the Dallas defensive coordinator but they just had that loss I mean it'll the 12 wins every year that won't be the topic what the defense how how good the defense has been won't be the thing so that said, you know, you just said you didn't think that uh, you thought maybe over time that Dan Quinn might be the guy. Do you think if they had fired McCarthy that he was even going to be like, would that have been a good move for them? Do you think he really would have been in the conversation? I mean, is, you know, I guess where you're at on Dan Quinn is what I'm trying to say.
2: He definitely would have been in the conversation. I mean, Jerry's a big fan. Dan's obviously an outstanding coach and and his resume is is impressive. So that would be no surprise that he would be in, consider- in consideration. I just don't know that it would be. I mean, it's the same thing with the fan base in Dallas as what you just said about Washington. I don't think any of the fans here would just all of a sudden be pumped like, oh, now this thing's moving in the right direction. I think there's a lot of similarities between Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy. There's a lot of differences, obviously, but there's a lot of similarities in terms of what I think the success of the team would be. I don't know that that would be all of a sudden the slam dunk hire that you're like, oh, no, no, this will be that. You got to feel good that this will be the thing that gets you over the top. You don't know that. And so um, I totally get where you're coming from, from, from the Washington standpoint you know, that wouldn't possibly fire up their fan base either just because of, you know, they they know the Cowboys. They know how the season collapsed and things like that. And and also it's a Cowboys coach. so
1: Right. And also Quinn has been a head coach. And granted, he took Atlanta to the Super Bowl, putting the 28 to three part aside, you know, but he still got them there. But the rest of the career. Well, then there's just
2: the wild part of the first part that you just said. I mean, I'm from Detroit, so it's like I'm not taking shots at anybody, but like he got Atlanta to a Super Bowl. I always look around at that like, People like, I get the 20th to three. I wasn't, uh, it was bad. It's always Super Bowl I've been to was that game. It was in Houston. I was just, I, I'm always the like, guy kind of looking around like, you do realize he got Atlanta to the Super Bowl. Let's talk about that one more time. Atlanta. He got Atlanta to the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. Continue. Sorry.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think uh, we often obviously we focus on who wins. I always say, I think the most impressive accomplishment in sports from the last 20 years or so, I don't know, somewhat being hyperbolic is Brad Stevens taking Butler to back-to-back NCAA finals, Butler. I mean, Shashevsky wasn't doing that with Duke all the time. If you could do it with Butler, that's insane. So yeah, I mean, to to take Atlanta, uh, you know, a franchise that has had you know no real history uh, of, of of doing that much, it says something. Um, but it is interesting. I, I I mean, you know, right now I don't, I don't think Ben Johnson's been obviously all the talk here. So um you know if you had to put money down i guess i would do that i'm not completely convinced and i think you and i are probably on the same page with this but like dan quinn like again before the playoffs started i think would have been probably everybody's number two now i'm less confident in that but that may just be that last game um and again the dallas thing you know washington did this with north turner back in the day and that didn't work out so well so um yeah i don't know if I see. Dan Quinn, what do you think about Seattle though? Like that was the rumor the second Pete Carroll was reassigned. He's apparently Dan Quinn meeting with Seattle today for a second interview. Do you have any feel
2: for 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 that? Or where do you think or where do you think he ends up? Before the Green Bay game, I just figured it was just formality. He would be Seattle's next head coach. And then they have that game, and that makes me one. And then well, also in Seattle hasn't hired him yet. So every day that goes by that they don't, you're kind of sitting there going, okay, well then who's your guy? You know? Is Seattle really going after Bill Belichick? Don't see that making sense. I would think that Seattle would go with somebody uh, that is used to, you know, what has been built there. And so it just makes sense. And it just seems like, you know, from afar, it seems like all along, like not all along, but for the last couple of weeks, it seems like, okay, well, Dan Quinn will go to Seattle. Uh, Ben Johnson will go to Washington. Bill Belichick will go to Atlanta. Jim Harbaugh will go to the Chargers. And so far, all we have out of all of those is, is Jim Har- Harbaugh going to the Chargers? And yeah. So, um, it, 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 I, I would say right now, I mean, if I was betting, I would say that Dan, I, I, all those things I said, I would bet on any one of those. I, I do think Dan Quinn ends up Seattle. I do think ben, ben Johnson ends up in Washington. I do think Bill Belichick ends up in Atlanta. I mean, we're getting the musical chairs here. We're, you know, once these pieces start falling, I mean, there's only so many jobs available. Uh, unless you want to wait out until next year, because obviously, uh, it, you'd be foolish to sit there and think like, well, this is the only time there's going to be all these jobs open. <laughs> no, there won't next year at this time, there'll be tons of jobs open again, you know? So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's not, that's the part of, like, even if you're a Seahawks fan, are you really like just blown away, pumped about, about that hire? I mean, maybe you are because he's been there. And obviously when he was there DC, they had the ultimate success. Um, right. From
1: Seattle's perspective, Dan Quinn is a very different deal because it bring it harkens back to the in of boom and all that stuff. Um, and you know, being in the Super Bowl, but yeah, um, but this is the thing, right? I mean, like sometimes the, the, you know, the, um, I don't want to say retread cause it's automatically putting a negative spin on something, but like, you know, sometimes going that, that route is never the sexy route, unless that person has been a, a big success somewhere else. And then you're like, Ooh, we're getting so-and-so. Uh, it's just going to be hard to, from a purely PR perspective to sell Dan Quinn versus some coordinator that nobody knows about, which is sort of like the Ben Johnson thing. As good as Ben Johnson has looked as a coordinator, the jo- I say this all the time: the jobs are very, very different. So you, uh, you can't be sure that he will be good in that in in, in the main seat. Where at least with Dan Quinn, we have seen Raheem Morris as well. We have seen them in that role, which isn't to say that they were overly successful. It's to say okay they've done that job so if they're gonna get hired like you know what i mean like there's some experience there's some feel like i can see what they look like in that job and you know people you know uh less need is going you know pounding the table for raheem morris and so on um to that end you are not only a cowboys beat writer you are de- you are a detroit uh native ben johnson i presume you pay a, a bit of attention to the lions therefore and um, you know, I don't know if you congrats is the right word for the city of Detroit, but yeah, you know, it's been, it's been a fun ride.
2: So, what do you, what's your take on on Ben Johnson for uh, head coach? I mean, what he's done has been incredible. Um, I mean, t- to be a, as big of a part as he's been to getting the Detroit Lions in an NFC championship game, I mean, that's that's incredible. Like, I mean, again, that's you know, taking Atlanta to the Super Bowl, that's different than taking Seattle to the Super Bowl. I mean, so for what he's done with, with, the Lions, what he's done for Jared Goff, I think for a franchise like where Washington's at with having a lot of draft capital, um, you know, they're not like a team that, that you're expecting them to compete for, you know, a deep playoff run next year. If that happens, then it happens. But I think that he'd be a good coach to put around a young quarterback if they if that is what they end up doing, drafting a quarterback early. He he clearly is a is an outstanding offensive coach. But to your point, you don't know about the head coaching part of it, because Here's the other thing that that factors in here too, is that, so there's, in Detroit right now, there's, there's two different coaches Mm -hmm. that it seems like it's the attractive thing in the NFL right now. And there's the one in Ben Johnson, who is the young uh, offensive play caller genius type, which is obviously very popular to hire as as head coach in the NFL. But now there's, I think Dan Campbell's going to create a trend. Yeah. And, And, and I can't sit there and say that I know that this is for sure a factor or not, but you sit here and you think that Dan Campbell's success, you don't think that had any impact at all. Not one, not a little percentage in Antonio Pierce getting that Raiders job with how it's that former player that you the whole group buys in. You know, it's not like he's the OC or the DC, but he's just like, he is the head guy. He is the face of it. And everybody in the building knows that guy is in charge. I... Depending on what goes on in, with, with the Raiders and if this Lions thing keeps rolling, we could see a trend of that going forward. Now, obviously, obviously the Colts tried doing that with Jeff Saturday midseason. I don't know that that was, that was the best decision <laughs> when they did that. But right. it makes me wonder, is, is there going to be a, a resurgence, not even a resurgence, but just a, a turn into where like there's former players that they're like, hey, we don't care that you haven't been an OC or a DC. We know that you're the type of guy that this whole group will follow. That's what we need to turn this thing around you know, Ben Johnson isn't going to be that loud outspoken type guy like that, but he is the guy that schematically he can put you in a great position. And, and, and there's just so many different ways that you can win. I don't, I don't look at Kyle Shanahan as this big, loud, whatever type guy. I really don't look at Andy Reid like that either, but schematically what they do offensively gives you such an advantage that um, I can see why you'd go that direction. I, I think Ben Johnson makes a lot more sense, obviously for Washington. than let's say Dallas, if they're going for, a new coach, just because of the fact of where they the two teams are and where Washington's at with the draft picks they have. Uh, if you are going to go young, now's the time to do it, and you kind of build that roster uh, with that guy. And if he doesn't end up being the guy, then you move into maybe a more veteran coach that's got more head coaching experience with your next hire. But um, I believe that Washington's going to draft a quarterback early, and so you know, having Ben Johnson as head coach makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. Um. You know what's interesting, and and this you you laid it out perfectly. This is the debate I've been having in my own head. Not just trying to you know what do people, what do sources think is going to happen, but what do I think? And it's always so hard because you know, you, you know it, 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 for these for these situations you got to know the person. It isn't just hey the Lions rank fifth in scoring. It's got to know more about the individual. You know we, you know Arthur Smith was thought to be going to gonna work obviously. You know that didn't work out. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks just fired their head coach uh, with like a thirty and thirteen record because obviously they were like, ah, this isn't working. I'm like, wait, what? So you can never know for sure how it's all gonna go. Um, but I do that that debate: genius play caller versus motivator. And it, clearly, the genius play caller type is you know the Sean McVay, the Kyle Shanahan. This is what people want. But I always sort of look at. It's not the exact same thing in terms of Dan Campbell, but it's similar in that Baltimore and Pittsburgh have largely been the two most high-end, stable franchises in the league for the last however many years. You know, even when they're not that good, you don't want to play them, right? I mean, Tomlin never finishes under five hundred. Maybe there's some underachieving in there, but whatever. It never finishes under five hundred. The Ravens, you're like, oh, no. You know what it's going to mean to play the Ravens. This year, they've taken it to the extreme in a good way. And neither of those coaches, he's a play caller. Um, I don't know if I would say Harbaugh is like the motivator type, but clearly he has got his pulse on what needs to be done. He's clearly a good leader. Tomlin's got more of that fire, it feels like. And I keep thinking, do you want to go that route?
2: Like they technically had that with Ron Rivera, but that's a whole other story. But the- Let me stop you right there, because I agree with you on those two organizations and – Maybe just because I'm from Detroit, but I throw the Packers in there too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and,
2: sure. And the Packers have had success with Mike McCarthy, who had no head coaching experience before. And then now LaFleur, I know they didn't want a Super Bowl with LaFleur, but he didn't have any head coaching experience before. But I think he's an outstanding coach. I just I, I don't compare those organizations to like Washington just because of the fact of I just think that they're set up so much better and Washington could be that with their new ownership. We just don't know yet. We right. know we know with the previous one it wasn't. But if you have that that set structure where it just like you know that it you know your bottom line is probably like middle of the pack, you're not going to be one of these bottom teams where you're just winning 3 games a year. I don't I think that your your chances of picking a head coach are so much better because you have such a better ground level to start from that they're set up so much better for success. You know, there's coaches that have had success at, probably in Green Bay, Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh. I don't know. If, there's probably a few other spots that if they were in Washington or, heck, even, you know, Dallas or some of these other spots, they might not – you know, I, I kind of throw the Eagles in there too recently, especially with Howie Roseman since he's been there. Like, they seem to do a lot of – no matter how bad things will get and they'll make some bad decisions, but they seem to recover pretty well. I put them on a pretty high level too, but – um, I, I just, I think with where Washington's at, we don't know enough about the ownership and the direction. If that's all right, and that's and that's where it needs to be, I think the head coach will work itself out, whether that's Ben Johnson, whether that's a former player that they end up going to next or, or whoever. But you got to get that the rest of the organization in line to work. Because that's, I'm telling you, man, like as bad as things have been in Washington or Dallas or anything like this, I'm telling you, I promise you it's never been as bad as it was during those million years in Detroit. And for them to be able to recover the way that they have, no change in ownership, still owned by the Ford family. Now other people have taken over bigger roles, but for them to, to, to change over and to go to Dane Campbell, which was looked at as crazy hire at the time, that's jumpstarted everything. So uh, if if the organization has got everything right and ownership's right, um, I think that that the head coach thing will all, will all take care of itself. because. I keep going back to my thing when I always think about Washington, especially since I've covered the Cowboys. I'm just always amazed at like how many good coaches they had on that staff under Jay Gruden that have gone on to other jobs in the NFL. So it's not like Washington hasn't had good coaches in the building. So,
1: yeah, no, I mean that's the thing, right? I mean we're all here, as bad as this last season was, and Dan Snyder was gone, and people were like getting upset about it, which I get it from pure emotional fan perspective, but I'm like, are you guys serious? The sun is out. There is a new day here. you got to get through this season. Rivera was going to be in trouble from the start. He was going to have to make the playoffs or win a game at a minimum to avoid uh, losing his job. It couldn't have worked out better. I mean, sorry for Ron for losing his job. But in terms of the team, it couldn't have worked out better. They changed coaches, and they were so bad. They get the number two pick. They have a ton of cap space. But all that whole situation allowed them they're in such a, the, the perception of them is so different that Adam Peters, the number one GM candidate this cycle, he didn't even take another interview with another team. He went to Washington, whereas Lee's Ben Johnson is taking interviews with everybody. So that's why I'm a little more hesitant about whether he actually is it, it comes here. But no, you're right. It's, I don't know if you, you probably didn't saw, see this because you have a life, but last <laughs> I night, <really> don't. <laughs> so last night, uh, whatever the NBA game on ESPN was, the pregame show Bob Myers, the former Golden State Warriors GM, is on the panel. And he is, of course, now a consultant for Josh Harris here. He's actually going to stay through the coaching search and the GM search. And they were talking about the Milwaukee Bucks situation. And he said that, look, the most important people in any organization basically are the owner because they're the owner. And then the GM, because the GM is one that's picking the players. But then you got to make that right coaching hire to make it all work. And to your point, if Josh Harris, we'll see, but, you know, he if he comes from a a, a stable, normal perspective, it appears based on what I've known with the 76ers. I don't know. I'm not enough of a hockey guy. So he's not he's going to give them the opportunity to do the right things. Whereas Dan Snyder was always going to be a drag on the situation, even if you made some of the right moves, bringing a Mike Shanahan, there's going to be chaos in the air and things are going to implode. Here, whoops, here the opportunity to succeed is there, and they just brought in Adam Peters. So I think you're right to a degree, they're set up for success. It's a blank slate, they're set up for success if you know they make the right choices as opposed to getting stuck because even if you make the right choices, it's going to go nowhere. Um, and that's why, like, going for the upside, I guess, with a Ben Johnson that he turns into one of these big OC genius types. Is probably the more fun way to go. The way to, go, to really go go for it is the is the is the path. Whereas the motivator type, maybe a little bit more of a lower ceiling, but a higher floor. But that that that's what makes it interesting. But I do think they are set up to have a chance for success, which you could not have said for the last twenty years.
2: For sure. And, and I agree with, I mean, just them going out and even consulting with Bob Myers, being outside the box, doing things like that, I think are a good, good sign because I don't think previous ownership would have done anything like that. So, but you obviously know them better than I do. I'm just saying from the outside, it doesn't look like previous ownership would have done that. So I think that's a good, good sign, but I will say this about, about the commanders is that, yeah, getting the GM right and the coach right and all that obviously is top of the list, but If you get that number two pick right, because, I like I said, I believe it will be a quarterback, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Houston Texans have showed you exactly how quickly things can change. And I love using them as an example because you can't – it's not Pittsburgh. It's not Baltimore. It's not Green Bay. It's organizations that you'd be like – they're very on the Lions level, you know what I'm saying, where you're just like – Wow. That's crazy how quick they turn that around. And Burrow and Stroud have clearly done that for those two organizations more so than anybody else. Now, I don't know the inner workings of those two franchises, but I find it hard to believe that anybody would say that there's been any person that's had a bigger impact than them getting it right by the Bengals drafting Burrow, the the Texans getting Stroud, just where it looks like it's headed for those organizations. Um, I mean, Hey, of course you could say the same thing about Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, but as we talked about, I think Baltimore set up, I mean, I think that just was a great spot for Lamar to go to, to begin with. And obviously now we're seeing, uh, you know, the fruits of of that labor because they look like the favorite to win it all. But um, I think all of the other things that we're talking about matter, but if you could just know for sure that you're going to get number, the number two pick, right. It makes everything. Cause I can see a scenario where they get that right. Number, number two pick, whoever it ends up being at quarterback, uh, you know, whether it's Ben Johnson, Dakota, whatever, they get a new stadium. It's just like everything about what has gone on in the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years will be in a, in it, in one season, it can flip to where people are just like, yeah, man, that was terrible, but look at where we're at now. And then the other thing you get when that happens is you get all these fans that have been not wanting to come to the stadium, not wanting to go to games. Obviously the commanders have a big fan base. All of a sudden they start coming back out of the woodwork like, Oh no, we're interested in this now. Well, what's going on here? So, you can make just one or two key right decisions and it, the momentum can flip everything. And really that's because of the NFL too. It's just such a league of parody. Unlike anything else. I mean, it you can dig yourself big holes and, and get out of them pretty quick by making a handful of good decisions.
1: A hundred percent. That's why I like, you know, when, when like the Rams went it a couple of years ago, like I, obviously that was a, they were lucky, right. In the sense that if they didn't win the Super Bowl that year, they may not have had another real shot because they had to start, getting letting people go but you can also because you have the draft is so deep you know seventh round players will play for you undrafted free agents will play for you this isn't the nba where like it's kind of like lottery picks and then you're kind of crossing your fingers for everything else um and so yeah so they're gonna you know is gonna have that position um january 8th washington fired ron rivera now the if i had said and, and granted that was optimism to an extent that people were like okay cool we're moving on but at that moment in time if I'd said to you that three weeks later or le- around that that the fan base in Washington would be the most optimistic in the division knowing that the Eagles and Cowboys were into the playoffs the Giants um sure they're they weren't good this year either but you know they at least had made the playoffs the year before with the same staff more, more or less that Washington would have the most optimistic fan base. I kind of think that's where we're at right now because, you know, we, we've just discussed Dallas, the Eagles, what a massive implosion. Um, and now today they've apparently hired Vic Fangio as their new defensive coordinator, which seems like a good hire, but their two last coordinator hires, offensive defense, were terrible. Uh it, 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 i don't know. I mean I think both Philly and Dallas' fan base have got to be pretty miserable relative to where
2: Washington's like, all right. Woohoo! We're starting over. Yay. Philly's fan base is probably the toughest to impress. So it's probably even worse there than it would be in more mo- mo- most organizations. So yeah. you gotta factor you gotta factor that in as well. Cause obviously with the Cowboys, there's a, there's a huge par- portion of the fan base that is irate and upset and want to change. But also with the Cowboys, there's a big chunk of the fan base that's just going to be back next year no matter what. <laughs> they can be 0-16 or 0-17 and and, and 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 not even have a chance to make the playoffs. The like Cowboys have such a built-in chunk of fans that are going to be there no matter what that's unlike most organizations. So it's hard to compare apples to apples there. But, yeah, I think it's fair to say that, you know, as, a, as if you're taking the totality of the fan base percentage-wise, I would say, yeah, Washington's fan base should probably be the most – optimistic just because of the new ownership again having the draft capital that they do Uh they have they, they're they gonna have salary cap space to spend and if you make the right decisions like I said you can turn it around pretty well but it is interesting how that works but man isn't that just the NFC East though too because of the fact of I mean to go as many years as they have <laughs> to not have a back-to-back division champion and it seemed I'm this just, year
1: was like okay it's gonna happen this year right he's
2: 10 and 1 I mean not that Dallas was far away but okay Philly's not going to blow this. Nope. Yeah, it is. It, the division is wild. It really is. I mean, now the other one that that really stands out too with Detroit making it to the NFC Championship game is now you have this huge clump of every other team other than Washington and Dallas that have been to the NFC Championship game in the last, whatever, 20, 20 years or so, 25 years. And then you got Washington and Dallas that are way back in the early 90s, you know, early to mid-90s since the last time they've been there. So that part is fascinating too, because they both have passionate fan bases. They both are looked at as two of like the historically, you know, the teams that you look at in the NFL of like very notoriety, I mean, notable, very, uh, you know, respectable franchises in that. And for them to both have gone this long without going to the NFC championship game is just, is just stunning to me. But like I said, if you're, if you're a commanders fan with the new ownership group, you should be extremely excited. And, and, And not even just because you believe in this group, just because it's not the previous group no for 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 sure uh before i let you
1: go uh we got games this weekend our our, none of our teams will be involved so uh we we can just you know make these picks as dispassionately as we as we'd like to uh so since we're in the nfc nfc san francisco against uh Detroit, obviously this is, a, oh, I guess maybe you for you this is a little, uh, maybe got something to it. Uh, 49ers minus seven. Uh, you know, they certainly didn't look very good last week. Had to eke out that win against Green Bay. The Brock Purdy questions are going to remain probably until he wins the Super Bowl. Uh, but obviously he's done very well in that Shanahan system. Uh, but we know Detroit can score. What, where, where are you at? Uh, minus uh, 49ers minus seven.
2: What, what, what do you got on this one? All right. So you mentioned earlier, I'm a huge college basketball fan too. So you mentioned earlier the the Butler thing, and I really do feel like Detroit is, is Butler right now against San Francisco being Duke. And if you watch that national championship game in 2010, certainly. I mean, Butler. I mean, they could easily have won that game. And and, and that takes the Gordon Hayward half-court shot way. I mean, they could have just won it straight up. It was such a great back-and-forth game. And I, and I see this game being that way. But just like that game, in the end, Duke ended up winning it. I think San Francisco ends up winning this game. I just think they're going to have a little bit too much. Key here, I do think, is Debo Samuel. Like, he hasn't been practicing. Is he going to play? If he plays, how effective is he going to be? He's a big part of what they do. Um, I just can't see Detroit winning the game. And I think part of that with me is because of just the team I cover and how San Francisco has been the boogeyman, how many times I've gone up there and just seen how well San Francisco plays there in in big games. Now Detroit and Dallas are built two different ways. Detroit I think style wise matches up better with San Francisco, but I just all season. I felt like if San Francisco is, is pretty close to healthy, they're going to go to the super bowl. I just have thought that they've been a notch above everyone else in the NFC. And I just don't see any reason to think differently right now. So um you need a score or just do you want? Yeah, no, we want the we, people are going to bet the mortgages on what you say. Oh, no, okay. All right. Well, then
1: don't, I... don't do that, people. But
2: I would go San Francisco, 31, Detroit, 24. So you're, you're calling for a push. All right. Yeah. Well, um, the line the line might move between now and and kickoff, so just hold, right, hold right, out right. on that. Wait, don't place your bets until until right at the end.
1: Yeah, um, I'm I'm a uh, I i am I think I'm generally with you. Like I kind of keep waiting for the Cinderella the the lines slipper to you know whatever the appropriate uh, rest of that and uh, analogy is you know to 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 go away. Um, you know the carriage to turn into a pumpkin, all that stuff. And I do wonder about, I think this is an interesting game for their defense. You know, Aaron Glenn's getting a lot of uh, their defensive coordinators getting interviews. He's getting interviews here. Uh, I kind of wonder if he's maybe a, a sneaky favorite in Atlanta. But the Brock Purdy part does scare me a little bit because I just don't, if if Detroit gets ahead, I wonder about Sam Fran's ability to come back. We saw that stat about uh, Kyle Shanahan's teams were 0 for when trailing by 8 or more in the, entering the fourth quarter until they won this last week but anyway i'll stop stalling i'll, I'll go for i'll go san fran um 28 20 but yeah I, I i wouldn't like actually put i don't think i'd actually wait here on it but that's what i'll go for that one uh the next game is way more interesting i think obviously ravens hosting Mahomes and the chiefs ravens minus three and a half uh, baltimore has been insanely dominant all year i know um uh, aaron shots with the um you know the the inventor of the DVOA keeps saying that this Ravens team is like historically dominant relative to all the years he's done DVOA. Uh, you know, but the other team has Mahomes and they seemingly win whenever you think you're down, and you're getting Mahomes and
2: three and a half points. That that is very tempting. So where where are you at on that one? I mean, to me, Mahomes is the greatest football player I've ever seen. I mean. I never thought anybody would be better than Montana. And then Brady came along. But, I mean, I think Mahomes is just, obviously he has to have a longevity uh, to to compare to Brady. But in terms of what we've seen from him so far, I don't think we've ever seen anything better than him. And so it's so hard to pick against him. But I I got to go Ravens. I just, I do think that they're historically incredible. I mean, I go back to, the Cowboys' bye week was when Detroit went up to Baltimore and just got absolutely destroyed, and that was probably the first game where I was really like, "Man, if this team stays healthy, this Ravens team is going to be so hard to beat." The game—if this game was it—I don't know, maybe even then I wouldn't. But all right, I, yeah, if it was in Kansas City, I might pick the Chiefs, but I—I I, got to go Ravens here, um, and I—and I think they cover. I'll go. Uh, I'll go twenty-eight.
1: 24. You know, I was um it's so hard to take to not go with Mahomes. I, I mean, especially yeah. again, just from the spread perspective of getting the points. And I suspect last week people will look at that and say, see, here they come. Here come the Chiefs. Look how great their offense was last week. And they were. But I think Buffalo's defense was just that beat up. They were missing a lot of people, just couldn't get stops. And Kansas City over the course of the whole season. Has been very inconsistent. I always say there's a different level between the playoffs and the regular season, and be cautious of suggesting that because you do one thing in the regular season it means it will translate automatically to the postseason. But that said, their offense was just kind of eh, all year, so I don't know if I'm taking last week as a sign that they have now turned it on. And you mentioned the Ravens. I also think for the Ravens that win last week. I always like the team that has like there's a certain bugaboo, kind of like if Dallas were to get past you know get to the nfc championship game anytime soon that they would be like okay we got that monkey off our back now we can play a little freer and i kind of wonder if the ravens are going to be in this spot as well so i think it's gonna be an incredible game i really looking forward to this one but i will go ravens 24 20 um you know both teams have good defenses but yeah i just i just still don't know if i trust kansas city's offense enough and maybe lamar plays a little freer um after that really good second half you had.
2: Hey, I got to change my final score. I just looked up the latest line it said it's Baltimore minus four. So I was right on, on the line. I don't want to do that again. Since I did with the Niners Lions games, give me uh Ravens, 30 chiefs, 24. All right. Well, if you, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'll, I'll just stick with my three and a half ones. I'll stay with the four, but sure.
1: Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going with the Ravens would be the, uh, the larger point. Um, yeah. you rock, Mr. Machota. I appreciate the time. Anything people need to, uh, if they want to, if Washington fans want to uh, bask in Dallas's misery, anything you got coming up to uh, to, to help them?
2: Yeah, I'm going to try and put a positive spin on going forward for the Cowboys uh, next season, which there is not a lot that you can positively spin. No, no, just people need to subscribe to The Athletic. And if you do want to follow me on Twitter, I would appreciate it. It's at John Michotta. Um, But yeah, obviously, as you know, Ben, there's just, it's fascinating, like people will ask me, You know, what do you do when the season's over? Like, I just, oh, I just got all this time off or whatever. Like, the NFL in general, but then obviously the Cowboys especially, like, it, there is no offseason anymore. I think that I get, like, maybe a week, maybe two tops in June between the end of, and and honestly, we don't even get that anymore because there's always some type of franchise tag contract stuff going on. Um, but maybe there's a little part right before training camp starts. But outside of that, man, it's like goes right into, you know, senior bowl, combine, draft, reagency, rookie mini camp mini camp, OTAs. I mean, they've made this a year-round business. So yeah, no, there's stuff constantly we're putting up. Uh, myself and, and and Saad Youssef that cover the Cowboys on the athletics. So um if you're already an athletic subscriber, thank you. Um, and and please continue to read all of our work. We appreciate it
1: absolutely uh you rock uh good luck congrats on at least not having to cover a coaching change if nothing else <laughs> we'll see about a defensive coordinator change uh thanks man anytime ben thanks for having me on all right here's a guy who is uh he's he made he's continuing to make his run as king of all media i would say he is uh joe house from the ringer you are i mean the uh, house wait house for dc on twitter or from
3: dc How's from D.C.? Ben, from... ben here, here's the thing. You can become the, the king of all media if you just never say no. If you say yes to every time somebody calls you up. Now, you and I go way back. You're an OG. But look, I, I don't really pass up an opportunity to have my face or voice heard. And so far, um, I haven't been, been told that I need to stop.
1: No, I mean, look, man, you know. I mean, I'll I'll put it like this, even the, or your origin story, how it is that you came to be in public prominence would be easy for anybody to be like, Oh God, really this guy? No, you're you. you, I, I enjoy what you have to say. I enjoy I mean, when, when you go on to sit, like there are are some people that go into Simmons. I'm like, eh, I'm going to skip this one. You go on, I'm like, go. Okay. I want to hear what Jeff has to say. And I'm not just saying that because you're here right now, you, you know, you, 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 you become important.
3: You, you, you flatter me. Um, We'll see how today's segment goes, and you you can reserve judgment.
1: Well, look, if you tell me that you think the Wizards uh, made a mistake in uh, demoting Wes Untell Jr., we may have a problem, but I'm going to guess you won't. Um, So we'll we'll talk about the NFL playoffs um, because Joe does a lot of – tell everybody before I forget, where where can everybody find you uh, this weekend or uh, on the ringer talking about the playoffs?
3: Yeah, so the best place – In addition to a Friday show podcast in the Ringer Gambling feed, every week me and the analytics deep dive guru Warren Sharp of Sharp Football Analytics will be breaking down the games, but live television on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. on FanDuel TV, plus a YouTube uh, simulcast or replay of that to catch all of our thoughts on the football games.
1: Um. All right, N- note everybody. Note that for sure. All right, um, and and we're going to talk about the commanders a little bit. Joe's got some uh, questions for me, but just quickly, since the news happened today with the Wizards, um, it is the least interesting. Uh, well, let's call it a firing. I mean, he was demoted or you know reassigned, but realistically, they're saying you're not the coach anymore, so that's a firing. It was the least surprising ever, except for the fact that I'm not sure what took so long. Uh, I, I almost, to be super honest, I barely watch the Wizards anymore. I don't I, – I, I it's all on the TV, but last night I had it on, but no sound. And then I see Wes Unsell's uh, press conference, and I was texting with a friend of mine, like, I have never seen this guy get upset. I've never seen his mood change. I've never seen anything. And at some point, what what is happening here? At some point, you ha- I mean, I get this team is not supposed to be good, but it, something. And then, sure enough, the next day, they – you know, do what they do. So, what what do you think when you heard uh, heard the news?
3: I mean, it barely got a shrug. Like, you know, I'm, I, we can see each other on this Zoom. I it like, you know, uh, I, I I tweet I tweeted that like, okay, uh, may, maybe there's something. Now, the thing I will say is the story with Brian Keith as the replacement. The emphasis in the post, I think they used the word development maybe six times it was between six and ten times if the idea is to refocus the goal of this season from sort of you know aimlessly wandering along mildly competing and trying to enhance the value of your trade assets in the form of the guys that you you signed the contracts So if the goal for the remaining, what is it, 38, 40 games is to see if you can take Koulibaly, get him some primetime minutes, continue with his capital D development, and Marvin Bagley Jr., who actually was a signing that caught my attention, he's only 24 years old. If Brian Keefe, who actually has a genuine track record, of working with young talent, is able to, you know, um, uncover something with Bagley. Bagley, speaking of reasons to watch the Wizards, I actually have turned on each of the games since he arrived. Pleasantly surprised. I mean, you know, under these circumstances, on this team, who knows? Maybe there is something to build on. Again, young guy. So, it's a team that needed size. But, you know, you they, they had... They created, and again, this was an unforced error, a stealth error, a self sabotage. It's fine to say that you're not going to try and win the championship this year. It's a whole nother thing to put a product on the floor that is is dismaying, that that's abysmal, that has no chance of competing in the last five minutes of basketball games, and tying the ultimate sort of identity of this year to Jordan Poole. And that's the sin that I won't be able to forgive. They gave the mic to that dude at the first home game and let him be the guy that welcomes the team and talks about how excited they are for this upcoming season. That's a choice, right? They, that's, they, the organization made that call. They said, here's the guy. And he is not good at basketball. He, the combination that he possesses of really impressive scoring talent and his basketball IQ, it is a mismatch. The I can't come up with, you know, a comp for somebody that possessed this level of talent and is so clueless on a basketball court. So at this stage of the game, Like, if the idea of moving Wes, and by all indications, Wes, good guy, right? Um, Well-regarded inside the organization, team guy through and through. The idea is we're going to pivot to enhancing the development of Koulibaly. We're going to see what we got with Marvin Bagley Jr. We're going to, you know, we signed Denny to the extension. Let's get Denny some run. Like, those are the only three guys that I can imagine – I can imagine possibly having anything to do with this team two years from now. So yeah, th- well, it's fine.
1: Yeah. Well, 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 well said it's, um, you know, just to take the two things you said, the Marvin Bagley deal, look, I'm not anticipating this guy becoming the, you know, what was equivalent of the number two pick in the, well, he was the number two pick in the draft the year Doncic went three and all that. That's irrelevant. Uh, but can he become a productive player? Eh, we'll see. But I get it, it's a worth a flyer, sure. And this is a hundred percent the type of d- deal they should be making. Didn't cost them anything. They got a couple second round picks back. They gave away two guys who were you know going nowhere. And in just in terms of this thing, when you were on when I when you were on here right when the season started, I was openly whining about the fact that they had one literal big man on the team, and that was going to cause problems just to be functional. And sure enough, they're last in rebounding. So at least Bagley gives them second guy Uh, but to the point of the unselled thing look uh, whatever they they tried to fix that you know they brought him in because supposedly he was going to help with the defense and he was going to be you know something on on that front obviously that hasn't worked no matter what's happened but like what like at some point it's like that you even if you're going to be losing you need to show signs of progress and it's really hard to say that we've seen that with this team um so I don't have any issue with making this move. I I would argue it probably should have been done earlier. I have no idea if Brian keeps the answer. I will say that Kevin Durant, there's a video being passed around Twitter of Kevin Durant from uh, when he's still with the Warriors, I guess, saying how much Brian Keefe has helped him in his career. Great, great uh, endorsement that right there. So kudos uh, if, if that's a thing, even if it's just for the rest of this year, um, we'll, we'll see. Um, it is though it just, a sign of the times that a head coach of the Wizards essentially was fired today. And people are going to be even saying here, why are you two wasting your time talking about this? Nobody cares. Um, it, 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 that in and of itself really is an indictment of where this team is at. Uh, yeah. But I I also think today as we went off to discuss it, but that is no coincidence that it happened on the same day. Ted leon just put out this letter about, defending why the move. So the, 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 the move today seemingly had to tie in with that, as opposed to they just decided they had enough. Um, so I have no issue with that um, for sure.
3: Well, fitting this season inside the context of this um, intended move of the entire uh, monumental sports uh, organization from the district of Columbia to Alexandria, Virginia Um, you know, there, there is lots to be suspicious of lots to be concerned, uh, about in terms of what the goals of the, of the franchise ultimately are, you know, over the course of the summer, I was heartened by the group that they brought in with winger and and Dawkins and Schlenk, all guys try with track records, all guys with accomplishments in terms of rebuilding an organization. Um, but if if you know, it's a weird time to be trying to uh, leverage or negotiate, you know, a new uh, home for the, for these folks when you are telling one of the two elements of, of the of the organization that you know we're 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 years away from from being competitive. Uh, I don't know. How you keep a, a Wizards fan, a person who's more com- committed to the Wizards than the Caps for whatever reason, committed to this organization in this in this moment?
1: My uh, my, my conspiracy theory is that, uh, and this is pure conspiracy, that Ted agreed to blow the whole thing up, trade Beal and everything, something he had refused to do for all these years, right? that he decided he was willing to do it now because he saw the where this was going in terms of the stadium. And if you're moving it, or the arena, so if you're moving it to Virginia, the next two to three, four years, whatever, however many years until it gets built, don't matter. What matters is that when it opens, people are excited to come see you for reasons beyond just, hey, I want to go one time and see the place. So he's willing to accept this rebuild that we've all been asking for to occur now at this moment where it's this, you know, uh, waiting period. It it doesn't really matter now. I mean, I mean, you know, if the people show up, they just got to be excited in three years.
3: Well, I I I wonder if the calculus is, um, they only care about who those fans will be at that point in time, because those of us who've been along for the long arduous road that this franchise has has you know been on, I'm not. I'm not going to Alexandria and I don't, I, you know, they, they made a point in Ted's letter of talking about how 44% of the caps fan base resides in Virginia. Well, congratulations. What's that number for the wizards? And, and, you know, you go on any random, like last night, I don't know how many, what, what they're, they're claiming is the notional attendance figure for, for um, this week's game against Minnesota on a, on a, uh, you know, tuesday wednesday night um in january uh where the weather was you know not great um but like who do they think is going to go to alexandria for that like those those boxes that they've sold are occupied by law firms and consulting firms and lobbying firms and those folks all bring clients to those games and that's i you know i think at least the the half if not, you know, more than that, of who's showing up to these weeknight games, people are not going to Alexandria for that. So, but if the calculus is, we'd rather just see if we can cultivate a fan base um, that that's where the the commute isn't brutal. I that, that's a prerogative they they own the team, but it will come at the price of, of me and lots of folks from sort of my walk of life.
1: Anybody on the Maryland DC side, I mean, I know this became like a local like Virginia fighting everybody else. It's not that it's just practical to get to the current place, it's in the middle of everything. Just look at the map of the metro. Look right. at then go to this place, it's all the way at the bottom. And there's you can't dr- it to drive over there over, means over a bridge or the highway or something at, at rush hour. Nobody's gonna want to do that. So um, I mean, to be clear. I'm a snob. I'm not taking the metro down to DC anyway, but I often was working past the time of uh, when the metro would even be open, so that's the whole thing. But yeah, no, it's it's all it's all silliness. Um, all right, we we don't need to keep talking about the, the Wizards. They're not worth it. We'll talk about them at the uh, towards maybe maybe we'll ha- we'll have you back for the trade deadline. Although I don't think they're going to trade Kuzma unless somebody blows them away. Um, let's get to the uh, to the football team. Somebody joked to me today when this news came out. That uh, could could the wizards borrow Bob Myers for a little bit to help them with the coaching search since he's already doing that uh, over here. Uh, we're still waiting for coach search news. We're talking at three thirty two on Thursday. Just noting it in case something happens. Uh, but you said you had a question or you had a you had a thought you wanted to share with the group.
3: Well, just um, in terms of the status, I get the enthusiasm for Ben Johnson and I get the momentum. The party betting markets certainly have him at the top. As the potential uh, new head coach for Washington, I'm wondering why we have not heard Mike Vrabel's name. I to to I, I it feels like, and there are two possibilities. One is the organization isn't interested for whatever reason, and there could be lots of good reasons. Um, and the the other is, and this is the one that I'm hoping for, he is at the very tippy top of the list, but they are playing it super quiet, super low down. They have their emissaries doing whatever communication is necessary, super under the radar. Um, and, and you know, there, there is something. Because I think it's the case that Vrabel and Peters have some stuff in common. I think there's some overlapping relationship stuff there. Um, they were both is, in New
1: England uh, when Peters started. Like when Vrabel when was a player and, and Peters was a scout, so the early 2000s.
3: Right, um, I want to be clear. He is my A number one, A plus. Mike Brabel as the head coach of this Washington franchise, to the exclusion of everybody else that's that's potentially out there. I want Brabel. That's my number one. I'm asking, why do you think we haven't heard his name more?
1: It's a good question. I thought, you know, the seven people that they saw at interviews with. All that came before they officially hired Adam Peters. So I thought, all right, fine. You know, the name seemed reasonable, but maybe you, you add another one or two uh, just because Peters might have his own preferences or he's always been curious about some coach or whatever. Um, now, Mike Vrabel obviously was was like a 50-50. Like, was he going to stay? Was he going to get fired? So maybe they just didn't plan for it. but. Uh, I, I'm, I think I'm somewhat with you. Like I've never bought into Belichick. I never bought into Harbaugh who's now with the chargers, but Vrabel to me seems like, okay, here's a guy. He's not old, right? He could still be here for another, you know, 10 to 20 years, whatever that, if it all works out, he had success with a Tennessee team that didn't, that never really had much of a quarterback. Um, you know, the last couple of years things fell apart because they didn't have much at quarterback, um, and maybe, you know, I think it sounds like Tennessee was saying he wasn't necessarily great at personnel or, you know, maybe they weren't all in alignment as the buzzword here is now, but I would think you would at least want to ask some questions. So the, the, I I wish I could tell you that there's a stealth thing going on here and be, be ready. I, I, if it is, it's being very stealth. <laughs> okay. um, and I would say that like in general, like, you know, for all the Ben Johnson news, I get it. He's apparently the favorite. He it may be an overwhelming choice. I I don't know, but like, um, you're not hearing it from the team. Like they're being very quiet about this. So, you know, they are not ever, They're not even announcing on social media that they've interviewed people the way other teams are doing it. The,
3: the Falcons. What are the Falcons doing? Yeah, they're
1: interviewing Who, everybody.
3: Who's that for? Like we interviewed, we interviewed Bill Belichick a second time. That's telling on yourself. What are you a holes? Yeah. You know, congratulations. I guess. Like, what? What are you talking about?
1: Uh, a hundred percent. So I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I basically like, there are a lot of people who are just running with Ben Johnson's the guy, and I'm not saying that they're wrong. I've just been of the opinion that, like, or like, I don't know. I Adam Peters took no other interviews. He had people interested. He didn't go meet with anybody. He went to Washington. Got the deal done. He said in his press conference even. I was a bad negotiator because I wanted in and, you know, Josh Harris, says, like, Oh, actually you weren't, your agent was pretty good. Okay. Ben Johnson's going to talk to everybody. He, he is the, you know, Atlanta is going up to Detroit on Monday to meet with him as is Washington. Why, why is Atlanta doing it if they're wasting their time? So to me, it, Ben Johnson is, open to listening he may also have his heart set on Washington but he's clearly open to listening And if you're open to listening you're open to getting blown away so that's why to me I haven't put Ben Johnson in the it's definitely happened category the way I felt like more of Adam Peters this time went on but in terms of Mike Vrabel I don't know I mean if they've if they've I would imagine if they interviewed him we would have heard by now so I it is a little weird to me I don't know who the number two is I literally just tweeted as you and I are talking that Dan Quinn is apparently set to meet with Washington next week in-person for a third time. Now, if I had to guess, the he is apparently currently meeting right now with Seattle. So if I had to guess, this is a way to tell Seattle, look, if you let him walk out of here without giving him the job, we'll see. Now, I don't know how much Seattle is going to find that as a bluff because, again, Washington is apparently hiring Ben Johnson, according to everybody. So, uh, that's a long way of saying if the, if Rabel is happening, I've heard nothing and there's been nothing out there to suggest it is. But I agree with you. It seems whether he's my number one or not, it seems weird that you wouldn't at least ask Quest to talk to him.
3: Yes. OK, good. You're, this, this is encouraging. I honestly getting that answer from you makes me even more confident that something is happening super under the, the radar because you know how these NFL guys are. They all have especially guys that go as far back as Rabel and Peters. They have ways of communicating that 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 stay completely out of sight. So this is not now. I'm starting to get excited a little bit because uh, I'd be fine with Ben Johnson. I'd be fine with Raheem Morris. Uh, who who else? I would not be fine with Dan Quinn. Who else is even in the running?
1: Uh, Bobby Slowick. No. Uh,
3: not, no, he got a miracle. He he received a miracle in the form of C.J. Stroud, and I'm not even positive that he did the very best job he could do with that. Now, kudos to Houston for completely re re establishing the trajectory of that franchise in a single season, but they caught a miracle quarterback.
1: A hundred, a hundred percent. No, it, it 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 unless there's a mystery scenario it does feel like only Ben Johnson is going to make people satisfied in part because it's been put out there way too much that he's the guy that he's the front runner, all these things. So anything now it feels like people are expecting it. And also like, you know, he's the offensive genius play caller and he's the sexy guy. And no, you know, it's whether Raheem Morris or Dan Quinn would be good as the motivator. I, I don't know. I mean, sure. But like, that's not going to get people excited until they actually start to do it. Plus I'm not comparing them to Rivera, but, obviously in theory that's what he was and that didn't work out so well so
3: yeah okay well tbd but i'm glad that you answered the way you did with about rabel because it makes me think that there's stuff going on uh, way uh, way way uh, off the radar
1: as long as you're interpreting it that way and i didn't say it that way great (laughs) uh but yeah i it, it, it i like i said i've been surprised that they haven't at least brought in anybody else to talk to seems odd but uh i will see uh before i let you go two games this weekend huge games we're going to tune in to your work uh this weekend for for your final picks or whatever but what what do you want to say about that and do you have a a a prop bet or two just for me just forget everybody else just for me i like the prop bets but like i i really actually uh, i've done done okay with them you know okay Uh, in in my head i'm I'm, yeah no wager
3: i'm I'm thrilled to hear it i mean you know, as far as the Chiefs and the Ravens go, um, I haven't made a firm decision. I don't have a strong conviction on side. Uh, I do like the idea of the total going over 44 and a half points in that game. And prop wise, these numbers are moving against us. Whenever you hear this, this podcast, my uh, recommendation would be to jump on whatever your um, betting side of choice is. I hope it's FanDuel because those are the best guys and they sponsor everything that I have to do with but the rushing props for both Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes they they are in uh, a, a, a spot right now where the over is very attractive because I think both of those guys and the teams and the particular approach to offense permits those guys to create plays with their legs and it creates a kind of unpredictability you can't really you can have a spy for lamar but the spy isn't really going to be able to cover lamar if lamar gets in space and wants to to run and mahomes has been you know uh a one-of-one one in terms of picking his opportunities to keep drives alive it's why kansas city is is you know in their sixth consecutive uh or seventh consecutive afc championship game because that guy makes great decisions at the right time so the overs for both of their rushing totals and then in a super nerdy kind of way i've been taking a look at the sack props for the san francisco the san francisco 49ers defensive line i've looked at the sack prop for chase young i'm looking at the you know there are there are all plus money odds for will they have a sack for uh, both for Eric Armstead, for Ali McNeil, for uh, Chase Young, and for Hargrave. All of those are plus money props. Will they have a sack? The Detroit Lions, sadly enough, amazing story, but they have injuries along the offensive line. And, uh, you know, Frank Ragnall, the center, is a little dinged up. Jonah Jackson, who's been crucial to them, and I think guard, um, is out. And they the, the Niners are going up against the most immobile quarterback that they will have faced in some time. This is a fully healthy San Francisco defensive line going up against a dinged offensive line with immobile golf back there. I like the sack uh, props for the Niners.
1: So even on Chase Young, you're calling, uh, you're calling for over whatever, uh, a half a sack or whatever it's going to be. Yes,
3: exactly right. I am.
1: All right. Well, look, I, you know, we bring you in for the bold uh, takes that, that seems like a bold one based on, uh, you know, what I saw last week, but you're right. the, The Lions line is definitely beat up. I was looking at their offensive line in a little, a little bit, because there's been some sense that if Ben Johnson goes somewhere, he would take their offensive line coach with them. And they were really good this year in terms of not allowing sacks. But and they have you know they they've drafted well at that position they have so um or he's taught you know well whatever you want to say uh, but uh, but yeah um yeah okay well good I I like it I I like it. I, 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 uh, I like it. is there like a uh, is there a type of bet you tell everybody just don't bother with like whether it's a tease or, or even one of these like individualized prop bets we're like oh, it, it just. It's it's just too hard. Like, is there anything you just like tell people to stay away from?
3: Well, you're you're probably not going to get um, good value on on teases this weekend because the the pro you know they, the the lines don't lend themselves to um, value in terms of you know you're you're getting you know if you tease San Francisco from seven down to one you're going through um, the key number of, of three, but it would be better if San Francisco was favored by more because you're, what you're really looking at is, are you going to get value on the teaser or would it be better to play the money line for San Francisco and have the money line comp- you know, lined up with uh, an, another leg? And the same is true. Three and a half or four, that's not a great teaser leg um, for the Chiefs It. it, 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 I can kind of live with it. Teasing them from four to (laughs) ten could be a way of doing it. You don't tease. You don't tease totals, and you and you don't. You know, you don't go through um zero, so you're not teasing the favorites.
1: Fair, fair enough. All right, look, you. You know, this was like your Jordan flu game a little bit. You were battling through. (laughs) I'm working uh, on it. You're 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 working it out. All good uh joe you rock he always again look for joe joe, uh, joe from uh oh, sorry house from dc i can't talk house from dc on uh x twitter whatever you want to call it follow him on the ringer check out his picks. he's been hot this year and uh we, you know we will go from there we'll see we'll, we'll talk down the line and you know when, when the when the commanders finally make their decision especially if it's mike vrabel you want to come back on just you know, i'm inviting
3: put, myself Believe yeah, me.
1: just put just let me know
3: yeah um, thanks man thanks ben always a pleasure
1: all right. Many thanks to John Machoda and Joe House for their time. Thanks to everyone here for checking out the podcast. Uh, by Monday, we could easily have news about a commander's hire. Um, I will be in uh, the senior bowl next week, so we'll see how we get to do all that. Um, but it's you know exciting times ahead, so stay, stay with us here on the podcast and on The Athletic. But until next time, see ya.